on this week's episode of Marketing O'Clock. Anthony Higman spots a brand new update for LSAs, and we think you should opt out of it. The story is over. Web stories, that is, and er, kind of. <laughs> Google liked it, so it put a pin on it. Pinterest announced a new ad partnership with Google. All on today's show. Welcome, you are listening to Marketing O'Clock. Just stay tuned. Digital marketing news, but let's get specific. Digital ads, SEO, and analytics, social media, and more. Pretty much everything that'll make your website perform. With new shows every Friday. We give you the news with sass and puns and definitely high takes. Thank you for tuning in. You know what time it is. It's officially marketing o'clock. Settle in, sit back, keep it locked. Hey there, I'm Christine Zernheld. AKA Shep. I'm Nicole Waddington. And I'm Greg Finn. And it's officially marketing o'clock. Here on February 16th. Yeah, you're right. 2024. (laughs) Yeah, congrats. (laughs) Totally guessed. All right, and before we get into all of the digital marketing news of the week, What's happening with you, Chef? I it's always a treat when I'm not on the show. I get to listen in, so I had it out loud on my speaker Friday morning. Family's all around, and my daughter was grooving to the theme song. She loved it. Great reminder: if you're new here, Greg Finn does not sing the theme song. <laughs> That's correct. Um, so the theme song ended, she stopped dancing, and you guys started talking, and she heard you and Jess, and she said, please put on bingo now. <laughs> <laughs> so she's a fan, is what you're saying. Yes. Right. She's also a fan of me. Um, today we're recording on the real Valentine's Day, and I wanted to wear pink, so I took this nice sweater out. It's a little uh, risque for work, maybe, off the shoulders. She said to me to put my body parts away. Wow. <laughs> she said I couldn't wear that. Wow. My shoulders. You're teaching her her body shaming well, Shep. And I'd like to point out, um, for a few weeks now since we were snowed in, there has been like some vandalism on my laptop. She put stickers over our cool marketing o'clock stickers, and there's no going back. I don't like how you're just not addressing the role of toilet paper next time. Oh, I was out <laughs> sick. What do you want from me? We don't have Kleenex down here. It's just a roll of TP, okay? Everyone here knows how I roll, you know? What's new with you, Greg? Um, I am going on a vacation with my children next week. Uh, going to Arizona, and I just want to say I'm a complete idiot. Why? I, I booked everything. Everything's good. Going to Sedona, going to Grand Canyon. I am supposed to be giving a, pre- a webinar for the Paid Search Association. It was <laughs> going to be the 14th, which is today. They asked me if I could push it out a week, and that was a while ago. And and I, there's no, like, I'm, whatever. I'll get to it in a second. And I said, yeah, I just, there was a lot going on. And I look at my calendar, I'm like, I don't have anything at this time. So I committed and will be giving a presentation for Paid Search Association from the Grand Canyon. I'm terrified I'm not going to have internet. Yeah. I don't think that's going to work out for you. I know. I'm so stupid. You can't let the peace act down. I know. I can't. I got to keep it going. So I'm just going to try to buy better internet or I don't know. I'm just like. I'm like paranoid that I'm not gonna have good internet. I can see some like nice like metaphors in there about, you know, climbing a mountain or something. What do yeah. you do at the Grand Canyon? It's the opposite. <laughs> you climb down. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> no. 
So I got to do that. But if you have not registered yet and you want to hear me talk, it's going to be good. I don't care if it's from the Grand Canyon. I don't care if it's from the moon. I'm like Dan Campbell. We'll, we'll do it anywhere. Okay. So sign up um, over on the Paid Search Association. Head over to LinkedIn and you can watch me live from my <laughs> vacation uh, give a presentation about how to get creative with Google Ads. And I'm not talking about creative. So I'm just talking about like some of the weird ways I, I work in there. Okay. You sent me a mysterious message and now it was the oh, title. Oh, yeah. I was trying to – you weren't around. I don't <laughs> okay. know. You're probably using toilet paper blowing your nose somewhere. <laughs> What's new with you, Nicole? All right. So I just got back from a wonderful trip <clears throat> in Spain and Portugal. Learned a lot. Ate a lot of good food. But the one thing I learned about that I didn't expect to is the Barcelona soccer team. My boyfriend and I walk into a karaoke bar and this group of, they weren't teenagers, they were a little bit older, of guys comes up to us and just like starts talking Spanish real fast and it kind of freaked me out and they were like making a picture motion and we didn't know what they were trying to tell us or like ask us. Are you famous? Not me. Oh. They wanted a picture because they thought he looked like I'm going to butcher the name. Carl's Coyle. Okay. He's Everybody's a Barcelona Spanish soccer player. Is his hair that long? That sounds like a famous guy's name. Yeah, he does have long hair. He has, he's like grown it out Your a little man's bit. neck isn't like the same size as his face <laughs> like that. No offense. <laughs> huh. Does he look like that? Kind of. Except he has like a full sleeve of tattoos. So like... I think they knew that it wasn't him, but they were speaking Spanish. This nice German girl translated for us, and he took a picture with them. But that's not the only thing. We went to Seville after we were in Madrid, and this happened. The first interaction we had with the local, he made the same comment. Have you ever heard of this Barcelona soccer player? Wow. So we didn't Celeb. get anything for free, but... Did he go there on purpose? Did he go there on purpose because he knew that was going to happen? <laughs> no. Okay. We all know someone, Tyler from Cypress North. His mm. dad has a cameo account impersonating, um, not Tom Brady, that other quarterbacks. He was what? injured. He's a Jet. <laughs> oh, Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers. Really? Yeah. How did I not know that? He so looks just like him. Oh my gosh! You should get him on cameo. Yeah, man. get him on cameo. He can make some money. Yeah, I'll let him know. For, pay for your next trip. <laughs> Before we get into the news here, this week's episode is brought to you by us, or maybe you this time. We are looking for some fantastic sponsors to sponsor our show here in 2024, so we are asking all of our listeners, that's you, yes, you, to please fill out a short survey telling us a little bit about yourself. It's going to be the easiest survey you have ever taken. Just tell us a little bit about your job, what you do from a marketing standpoint, so we can try to get as relevant information as we can, back to some brands to sponsor the show. So you can find the survey at survey.marketingoclock.com, and we have some fun swag and stickers that we can send out to a few people who have filled it out. So we would really appreciate it, again, if you'd fill out our survey, survey.marketingoclock.com. First up in the news this week, again, I feel like if this was happening in 2022, it would not be news, but Anthony Higman has Higman. just put LSAs on the map. Yes. So he I, is LSAs. He is. Point. On February 9th, he tweeted, breaking news. It looks like Google just fully rolled out 
branded local service ads, and it's not a setting that you can control. So this is a toggle that Anthony, I think, originally spotted, as far as we're aware, live in his account a while ago, where you could turn on and off branded search for your brand name for LSAs. We recommend turning it off. Um, but now he's seeing them live in the SERPs, and I'm assuming when he first saw them roll out, that he has examples he saw for his client that did not have the toggle in his account because he said, WTF, I thought this was going to be an opt-in setting. Then he says, also, a ton of wild inconsistencies with this. Still get digging into this and we'll report more soon. First inconsistencies below. Also want to note out that Anthony started branding his um, screenshots on X with AdSquire logo. I'd love to see it. Yeah. That guy is just the best, the little AdSquire guy. Yeah. I have a Christmas ornament with it on. You do? Yeah, I sure do. Oh, I need a sticker, Anthony. I have a Christmas ornament. I'm looking for some new stickers. Send some <laughs> my way. So he says, first inconsistency. This firm is showing in the number one spot in LSA for, quote, injury lawyer, but then a branded search for the firm shows the firm as a DUI lawyer. LSA profile. And when you click services, it only shows the services he offers for DUI. So that's not good. You should be one or the other and you should be able to pick which one you are. What if this lawyer is just like galaxy braining it? It's possible. Like, you know what? You had a DWI. I can help you with that in upsell. Probably hurt yourself too. Right? <laughs> Am I right? That's so sad to think about. <laughs> well, I mean, it's a lot. You're contacting a lawyer. Yeah. Maybe it's true. Let us know, Anthony. I assume he knows more about the lawyers than we do. He's doing no, me LSAs. I mean, that's, that's wildly different. <laughs> yeah. And he says, they say Google will, quote, only show your ads. This is not true. There are numerous other PPC ads on the page when this LA, LSA feature is shown. Although the branded LSA does appear at the top. So except that pretty much 100% of your branded calls from current clients are going to be charged and difficult to dispute or suffer from decreased performance from not adopting new features. Garbage! Because I guess there's wording in Google documentation about LSAs now that implementing new features is going to help you rank for LSAs. I don't know if ranking is the right word because it's an ad, but it's a mess. Then he says Google also changed the pre-recorded message that plays to users who call through a local service ad. For legal, it used to say, quote, this call is not under client attorney privilege. And every caller would talk about this one calling. They now have changed the message to say, Google and its partners may record or return all calls for quality and research purposes subject to our privacy policies. This call is not confidential. Thanks for your call. Press one if you are returning customers. Otherwise, stay on the line. If you're in LSAs and you're not following Anthony, I don't know what you're doing. Update on February 12th, Anthony said, okay, so updates on this, the setting to turn this off in all accounts is now there. Google changes the pre-recorded message that plays to users that call lawyer LSAs. This is very fast, and I mean very fast, like three to four second message that says, if you are a current client, press one, otherwise stay on the line and you will be connected. 1,000%, there is no way anyone will press <laughs> one, <laughs> FYI. So lots going on there, but if you are running LSAs, make sure you opt out of branded search if you don't want it turned on or you're going to show up for searches for your brand name. And make sure you're following Anthony because that's pretty scary that people didn't know that this was turned on. They didn't have the option to opt out for a couple of days. I like to think that Anthony made that change happen. Thank you, Anthony. <laughs> Doing Appreciate the Lord's that. work. What else is happening this week? All right. And according to Glenn Gabe at Glenn Gabe on X, the demise of web stories has begun. 
and according to Galani says, it makes complete sense. The latest update from Google is that web stories do not show in Discover in a stories carousel anymore, and stories will not show in Google Images anymore. Also, I think grid view for web stories and search is not a thing anymore. And then Search Engine Land got some more clarification. And in case you don't know, don't know what web stories were. You're like most people. <laughs> yeah, you're like most people. I, it's been a while because we did a, a show about web stories. Mm. I think Glenn yeah. was on it. And then um, uh, who else was on it? Was that Samuel Schmidt? Yes, yes. He, and it was a great episode. But then and there was just like no adoption with web stories. And it was sort of like a what you would see on Instagram with their stories. But it was supposed to be like a website. And we tested it out. Mm. We used to do all of our shows on there. And it was just too much work and it didn't have any like extra lift. We had a few clients that, that did it and actually saw a performance with it at the time. And then it sort of kind of went stagnant. Um, but it seems like they're showing up in less places. So if you did have web stories as part of your arsenal in showing up in the SERPs, and maybe dial it back a bit. And to not have them in Discover, I felt like they were kind of made for Discover. Mm. Right. So the difference is this is the initial feature of availability that I've got right here, where Google had initially said, web stories can appear in a single result on Google Search, which is available in all regions and languages where Google Search is available. Web stories can also appear in a carousel on Google Search, which is available in the United States, India, and Brazil. And in the Discover feed, web stories can appear as a single card where you can tap through the story. And now they say... We updated the feature availability of the web stories to make sure our document aligns with how the feature appears in Google search. Web stories don't appear in Google images anymore and the grid view is now carousel view in the search results. So it seems like no image, no Google discover carousel view and the grid view is gone in search and it's now an image view or a carousel view. I mean, just get rid of it at this point. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't invest time into making them. No. I mean, th I think that they're pushing the perspectives more mm. now than than web stories mm. and trying to get there's also another study we don't have in the news here but about how much reddit has been dominating the serps mm -hmm. and i think they're kind of going that way instead of uh web stories and we talked about last week where one of the sge responses was a reddit user said which is like <laughs> crazy that that's where google is getting to a reddit user said yeah Sad. That should be a t-shirt. <laughs> Reddit users. Nicole, do you have anything? Yeah. So some Pinterest updates this week. Pinterest added 16 million more monthly active users in Q4 of 2023, bringing its total MAU to 498 million users. But it's interesting to note that only a million of that increased monthly user activity came from North America. So its key revenue market is North America. Nevertheless, overall revenue generated is trending upward for the platform. And kind of along with this, Pinterest is also announcing a new partnership with Google. They have a third-party app integration, which will see Pinterest host ads powered by Google. So interesting shopping opportunities for advertisers there. And unsurprisingly, it's another way that they're hoping to generate ad revenue. Yeah, because it wouldn't be standard shopping. So it wouldn't be Pmax because Pmax is Google owned and operated. It wouldn't be Demand Gen because that's owned and operated. So it would be mm -hmm. probably Display unless they change something and just don't tell you that. Yeah, they they weren't really clear about how exactly yeah. it's going to work, but 
thought it was interesting. Would it just be like display? Because that, that would be cool mm-hmm. too. Because then you could like, if you had something that you knew fit that demographic, you could go and actively target those placements or something. Mm-hmm. Be like, hey, I want to put this on Pinterest. Interesting. Now it's time for this week's take of the week. This is a hashtag fire digital marketing take with extra spice served up for you. We simply deliver the take for your consumption. We give no opinions. We don't influence. You make the call. This week's take of the week comes from the one and only, the king of LSAs himself, Anthony Hickman. Hickman! He says on X at Anthony Hickman, bro, AI is so not ready to be put in ads. These are the suggestions it's giving me for headlines. The only one that applies is workers' compensation lawyer. Yeah, let me fill up my headlines with these wackadoo suggestions right away, LOL. I'd love the term wackadoo. <laughs> I want to get that in my vocabulary more. So coming shows, you're going to hear a lot more wackadoo. That made me smile. Okay. <laughs> Do you like that? Yeah, that's yeah. really nice. So some of the AI-generated headlines, which I'm assuming is for a workers' compensation lawyer. I love the first one, right? The first recommendation is calculator with the word. Hmm. Okay. I get how that could be, that is could the, describe a lawyer. A calculator with the word. Like they're. This woman is dynamic. She's a calculator with the word. Eh, yeah. Mm. I, I mean, no. I was thinking how people like type boobies into a calculator. That's where my mind went. <laughs> this is a family show. So how dare you? Another one recommendation you got was. On the flip side, on the flip side, okay, another one recommendation is it's what we do. It's what we do. What is? Another one was the same could be said for age. The same could be said for age. Imagine that is a headline. The same could be said for age. Calculator with the word on the flip side. Also, it's what we do. Like anything could appear before that. I know. And this is just the AI going through the page and being like, we work hard to deliver your results. It's what we do. And it just picks up the, it's what we do. And it's like, oh, that's on your page. Look at this is AI. No, I'm sorry. There is no intelligence behind that. That is wackadoo. Wackadoo. Now it's time for this week's I See Why Am I. I See Why Am I, people. This is something you just might not have seen. Maybe something that you overlooked, but you shouldn't have. I see why my people, Glenn Gabe has a new tutorial. He shared this in an article on his website, gsqi.com. And this is on how to find embedded YouTube videos that are unavailable or marked private using Screaming Frog. Glenn says, there's nothing more frustrating than reading an article that contains a supporting video and they don't play. Total UX barrier. But they can be hard to surface on large scale sites. So I sent a frog signal to the amphibious superhero in England, Screaming Frog. Dan quickly entered the frog cave, cave and came up with a solution and it's working well. Enjoy. So this seems like very niche, but of course, if Glenn Gabe has something that he needs to figure out, he's going to do it and share it with everyone. So thank you, Glenn. And again, you can check it out on gsqi.com. Now it's time for this week's Pew Pew Lightning Round. At this point in the show, we split up our content into three parts, paid, organic, and social. First up in the paid universe this week, another update from Anthony Higman. Hey, 
at Anthony Higman on X. He says, I forgot who called it, but there are now five ads at the top of the SERPs. Lots of wild changes to the SERPs today. Two to three ads are now in the, here are some in the area sponsored search section and three other PPC ads. The here are some in the area section ads expand to full ads when you swipe the photo. So I put a screenshot of this in the show notes so you guys can see just how much screen real estate that takes up on mobile yeah and i think several scrolls the big thing here is when you have your clients like i don't know clicks on ads guess what where are you going to find the organic results yeah. here this is all ads people don't know they're clicking on ads yes also i know we talk a lot about anthony higman here somebody had told me that it's enough with me and anthony higman we need to get a room I'm sorry, he has all the news. Yeah. It happens a lot. Like, it used to be Stephen Johns, right? Like, Stephen Johns, would you remember that back in the day? Yeah. Stephen Johns Where'd had he all go? the news. I don't know. Like, sometimes people just find all the news. Daria Zanoni was fine, had mm -hmm. all the news for a while. Like, it, it just it's ebbs and flows, and people get super busy and, and don't share all that news. Did you and Anthony respond? Um, I just said, I'm... I'm I want to, because it was in, in conjunction with that clip of me being sad. Oh. And I just said, no, I want the world, I want the world to be sad with me or something. I talk more about Anthony than you do these days. I'm just saying. Glenn Gabe also shared some information from Meta this week. Um, Meta had an article sharing notes on the development of its AI-based ad targeting options. So a lot of other ad targeting options went away. The AI ones are here to stay for now. So if you're looking for more information on that, he has a nice ICYMI coming from his X account at Glenn Gabe. Microsoft Advertising Network has teamed up with Facemoji Keyboard to display ads on the mobile app <laughs> what is this is one of these things you shouldn't make a press release about you should just hide it you know what i mean yeah like, oh, guess what else we have into our audience network where you can now get ads showing on the face emoji keyboard that's where everybody goes when they want to get their new <laughs> like when they want to look for new products no you're looking for a freaking emoji it's like great ad the face, the face emoji keyboard. That's what it's called. Add that to my exclusion exclusion list. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for the heads up. It's available in four markets: the U.S., U.K., Canada, and Australia. Can you imagine seeing that? Would be the first thing I would like take a screenshot of and send to someone. Face emoji. Who wants their ads there? I'm telling you, you should never. You should. Somebody should have tried to keep this private. This is not a press release. You do. You know, this is something you try to sneak past everybody, like the branded LSAs. Yeah. They did not Wrapped do a very good job. Gmail is making some changes to the layout of Gmail ads. So it says, additionally, the layout of Gmail ads has been updated, positioning the sponsor label alongside the brand name in the title rather than placing it below on the second line, resulting in a subtle change. And that's from Nicola Agis from Search Engine Land. Oh, so it's going to be uh, hard, like easier to see what's an ad. That's what Google wants you to say. The article oh, cool. is called, these changes were introduced to make it easier for consumers to distinguish between ads and organic Emotional messages oh, in the byline. Maybe they maybe they made it like really big in like a yellow, you know, line. You know, how like no! most males like like white, and they got the like the green knowing it's an ad. Maybe they made the whole thing like bright yellow, so you knew it was an ad. They went from a very suitable green box around an ad label. Now they just replaced it with it says sponsored, and it looks like it's part of mm -hmm. the subject line. It's a smaller font than the subject. It's line. indistinguishable. I am I am a very jealous of their audacity. The audacity that they have. Not just to make that change, but then to think 
the, their little PR team are such wordsmiths that they can like fool us all. It's so annoying. Could you imagine having that much confidence in your life that you can just make a change you know is so that more people click on your ad and then go around and be like, well, this change was made so that more people knew that this is an ad. It's like, no, it's not. And by the way, there's no dedicated Gmail campaign type and many, many people don't want to be in Gmail ads. Right. And, and they don't have a choice. And the other issue is if you are very worried about compliance and let's say that somebody opts out mm-hmm. of your email list and you want to be as can spam compliant and you do not want to show up in their inbox as possible, like you don't want to be in their inbox, you can't use Pmax. Gmail should not it. be part of Pmax. You can't use it because you are then saying this person unsubscribed to me, but now I'm showing up in their inbox as an ad. And just from a creative standpoint, like... What copy that you would write to look like an email subject line is very different from an ad headline. I agree. Hate it. Anthony Higman shared... Get a room. (laughs) ...some information from a study from NCS. It says advertisers that show a business name and logo with their search ads see an average of 8% more conversions at a similar cost per conversion. And Anthony says, yes, I know would still love info on why these still don't show more than half the time on search campaigns, but always show on branded campaigns. Hoping this works out soon with the new changes to headlines. Gil Gildner posted from his at Gil Gildner account on X this week. In case you're wondering how often Google updates their search certification tests, they're still asking about broad match modifiers, which have been deprecated since 2021. So I guess someone on his team named Christina had this question. Which two people might see an ad with the keyword plus sign black plus sign shirt set as a broad match modifier? And then it like goes through the scenario to try to help you understand what a broad match modifier was. I'm just like really upset that I wrote a whole entire book, took so long, too long to update it because so many changes happen and I took it off the shelves and Google is still putting this question in their exam. Hey, maybe we can get the book back on the shelf. Hey, do you want to pass the 2024 Google certification test? We have a throwback retro book from 2021 where they pull the questions from. This is like a, uh, it's like a spark notes. That's genius. It'll have a whole second life. That's it. But the book wasn't very brainwashy. So we would. Oh yeah. But you would know what broad match modifier was from it. YouTube is expanding content takeovers, allowing brands to become exclusive advertisers across additional inventory, such as entire creator channels, custom lineups, playlists, or specific videos. So this is a type of ad I was not familiar with. They grant brands exclusive control over specific inventory, ensuring that only their ads are displayed during a designated period. And then the example was, if Usher is performing at the Super Bowl and there's a projected spike in interest in his music, brands can purchase a content takeover of Usher's YouTube channel during that period. Sounds like a cool idea. I really hope Usher got to say yes or no, because they don't really make that clear. I don't think Usher is saying yes or no. I think think he should. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Did we all just have the same wavelength at the same time? I think so. Great. From social media today, um, after testing a new form of creator monetization with Mr. Beast, Jess Bud was talking about this a few weeks ago who made over $250,000 off of his first upload on the app, X has now officially announced its new creator targeting ad option, which will enable brands to sponsor selected creator content in the app. So, That's awesome. Yeah. Love any better advertising alternatives on X. 
But that's it for paid. What's happening in organic? From Joy Hawkins at Joanne Hawkins on X. She says, looks like Google is rolling out the new feature that uses AI to write business descriptions for Google business profiles. I would say this is like the one thing you probably shouldn't use AI for. It's like, who are you? What do you do? <laughs> a lot of like, if you can't write this business description for yourself, <laughs> you're probably not that good at businessing. You know? Like, this is the easiest one. Um, and then in the description, there's like a little magic-y looking button with some gradient that says suggest description. So Google is telling businesses to use AI to make a description about maybe the most important thing about them, their, their business description. I feel like this would have been nice for like Elizabeth Holmes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Too late. Yeah, too late. On the other hand, from Danny Sullivan on his at search liaison X handle, Danny says, and, and he pulls a quote it was in response to somebody talking about AI. And Danny says, using automation, including AI, to generate content with their primary purpose of manipulating ranking in the search results is a violation of our spam policies. It is something we thought was pretty clear from our post last year. People who read that and somehow interpret it as a free pass should seriously be rethinking. I'm sure you'll also see us look at ways to make this even clearer. So you might be thinking, well, if you're telling businesses to make their description using AI, why can't you use AI in your content? I'm just going to say what Danny says is correct. And there's no way they could say anything else. And I can, I can do, uh, let me do a, f a fake Danny here. Okay. Right. So what we're saying is that you can use AI. You can use AI if it's to make something helpful, but you should be doing that anyway. You should be making things that are helpful for your users anyway. That's why you have a website. That's what it's for. Now, what we're saying is don't use AI to, for the purpose of manipulating ranking and search results. You can take the AI out of, out of there too, and it'll work. You don't want to manipulate the search results. We can't say it any more clear. You are against the terms of service if you are manipulating ranking and search results with your content. Whether it's AI, whether it's not AI, you should be making content for your users, for your clients, content that you're proud of. It doesn't matter. You shouldn't be trying to manipulate. Make content that's good. Make content that people want. That's what Danny would say. It was pretty good. And is it okay? I could also hear his voice like I feel like he wrote this tweet. <laughs> I mean, it is a tweet. Yeah. Oh, I thought it was from Google <laughs> no. Search Central. No, no From Search Liaison, yeah. Okay. Yeah. But like, what do you think he's going to say? Like... You can use AI to manipulate ranking in the search. You can't, you can't do anything to manipulate the ranking. Yeah. Like that's the whole part of the terms of service is like, don't manipulate the search results. Yeah. I don't think Danny would want you to use that AI generated business description either personally. I, I, I agree. I think Danny would be like, if you don't know what your business is, you probably are going to have a tough time in business. Mm-hmm. Okay, next up, YouTube will now display live streams within the Shorts feed, and apparently it has new podcast options. So in case you don't know about YouTube Shorts, it still is limited at one minute of content. But according to Social Media Today, they're taking another leaf out of TikTok's book. And if you shoot a live video and you do it in vertical mode, it could possibly, it says, it may be eligible to show into a shorts feed. Even though it's not a short, it's like a longs, but it could show in with shorts because it's a vertical. <laughs> Does that make sense? 
It I makes mean, sense, but it doesn't yeah. make sense. Perfect. <laughs> uh, also, uh, YouTube announced that podcasters can upload their RSS feed into YouTube Studio, which will be providing another way to distribute their podcast content. So if you connect your podcast feed to the app, YouTube will then make a static image for each podcast episode, giving people more ways to follow your content and listen via the app. So if you're like us, uploading everything directly, maybe you can do this and it might work. Um, I don't know. We'll have to test it out. All right, next up in the organic news, it's good news for the tables of the world because with YouTube, you go, there's now an update on the YouTube Studio app on mobile that will allow direct uploads from the management app. Previously, you had to use the YouTube app, and then there's the YT Studio app. Apparently, you can now use the management app to get your uh, content up. You, uh, creators will be able to hit the plus icon to upload a video direct from your camera in the Studio mobile app. And you can also, doing that, you get the ability to set your monetization status and the upload flow, so it's better than just doing it right from the YouTube app. So you can now do that um, on Studio. All right, from Google, apparently a new machine learning algorithm will help them catch fake reviews faster. So they're baking in um, LLMs to figure out what type of content is fake from a review standpoint. Um, they had said, like, if a reviewer leaves the same review on multiple businesses or if a business receives a sudden spike in one or five star reviews, um, some of the stuff can examine those signals on a daily basis and correct them. This immediately got me thinking of something that lives right in front of my head. YouTube, when they got rid of the dislike oh, button. Your favorite. Yeah. They got rid of the dislike button because they had a lot of dislike mm -hmm. attacks come on and they couldn't figure it out. Maybe they can now. <laughs> Do you think this could work there? Maybe. Call uh, Neil. And apparently in 2023, this new algorithm helped Google take down 45% more, uh, more fake reviews than the year before. We talked about this last week in Again, we weren't sure, but we thought that BART is being changed to Gemini. It is official. And now there is a paid version of Gemini called Gemini Advanced. So R.A.P. Bard. Such a great name. No, it was not. You don't like Bard? You don't either. I love Bard. Why did they ever name it Bard? I don't know. I thought it was good. I thought it was like right up there with Portal. Yeah. As a bad name. Mm, disagree. Hard disagree. And there is Gemini is going to be on Android into the iOS Google app as well. And then apparently we had said that Gemini is replacing Bard. There's still Gemini Nano, Gemini Pro, whatever the middle Gemini is. Now Gemini Advance is a Bard Advanced. And then Gemini is replacing Duet AI, which is bringing the Gemini model to Gmail, Doc Sheet, Slides, at Meet. Pretty easy to understand. You guys got it, right? No. Cool. Okay, <laughs> ChatGPT is now being designed to forget things in future chats. So there's a new feature that allows users to provide specific prompts so that it can remember something in particular, and you can test if you can do that, or you can switch that memory off, I guess. So it sounds like a murderer thing. I know. What are you doing? You're like, think like the police won't find you for I don't whatever, like whatever it. you're searching. All right, and lastly here in Organic, uh, Google issued a warning to Universal Analytics 360 users, reminding them they must migrate to GA4 and complete a historical data export before March. But it's like already not working. It so. doesn't work. <laughs> Even though they're paying for it. And then that's that's the thing that's ridiculous. They're like, oh, if you're GA360, you have it till July. And it's like, no, now it's March. Like you just, you just, 
took three months away. It's so weird. Really weird. So they're saying that you have to do it now. We, we see it on a couple of accounts where the, the GA3, 360, the paid version, it's just like flailing. There's I just nobody supporting it. I think nobody's yeah. supporting it. And there's like, hey, we promised you get it till July. We just lied. It's so crazy. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there's going to be issues if you are still using that data. Um, in your Google Ads account, you need to import your uh, GA4 conversions and switch the bidding on them instead of the corresponding universal analytics conversions, which we already did, obviously. Um, and then add GA4 and audiences to a campaign or ad group for your marketing. And then export the historical data. And again, if you need help exporting that data, we can help you do it the right way. Uh, we're putting out a blog post on how you can do it with like the uh, one easy way from Google Analytics 3 and keep your data. And then there's an advanced way. You just need to use API. And if you're not a programmer or you're not comfortable with APIs, um, we have a service that we go through. We have humans. We actually check all the conversions. We audit it. It's not like software. It's more of a service where you pull that and then our team of uh, data professionals will look and make sure everything's clean and perfect. So if you want that, um, hit us up. We have a website, UA, as in Universal Analytics, dataextract.com. And that's it in organic. What's happening in social, Nicole? All right, first up in social, Instagram is testing carousels within reels, enabling users to post multiple videos and or still images within a single reels post. So this seems to follow TikTok's lead in providing more ways to share still images within the main feed. What this is, is a... just so confusing. Like we're putting videos and pictures, pictures and videos, stories and pants and shorts and <laughs> tops. I don't know. I don't know what's going on. What? What is a real? <laughs> I, I, they just did the whole like IGTV thing, where mm -hmm. it was video, and then it was video, and then it was watch. It was Facebook Watch, and they're like, "Oh no, everything's a real. Reels are only like video, and they're only like <coughs> vertical." And now you have the musical video images and the mm -hmm. imagey videos. Mm -hmm. What the f are we doing? Sorry, tables. <laughs> <laughs> I'm coming to Reels. Taylor Swift took her music off TikTok. Oh, how's, how's your viral vir oh, yeah. virality going? It's not that viral. Mm. You oh. said you were going to call CPS on me, so it's not <laughs> great. <laughs> She's just trying to tell everyone about the Grammys, but whatever. Yeah. Well, maybe with this new feature, you can go viral on Reels. Yeah, mm. I'll give it a try. All right. And Meta recently shared an overview of the Threads algorithm, and it shows how the system decides what posts get seen in the app and how that drives expanded reach. So the announcement was kind of vague. A lot of the points were things that you would expect to influence a feed, like number of posts you've seen and liked, number of, or the amount of time you viewed a post, who you follow. Um, some interesting ones, though, that I pulled out were how long it's been since you've been active on threads and how many times the author's profile had been clicked. So if you're on threads, there you go. More information on how your feed's impacted. Why don't they just try to work on the product instead of putting <laughs> these announcements out? Well, more Threads news. Adam Moseri announced that on both Instagram and Threads, the recommendation systems powering Explore, Reels, and Suggested Follows display will now more actively avoid highlighting content and profiles related to political topics unless people specifically opt in. Oh. 
So it looks like in the screenshot here, you'll be able to go into your settings and it's just a quick switch to limit or don't limit political content. Right, and X announced that it is now making the number of notes you can write within a 24-hour period proportional to your ratio of helpful to total notes written. So in the screenshot of the UX design, it shows like a notification that will pop up if you've reached your daily limit for writing notes. I don't, I don't use notes. I don't use X. I love notes. <laughs> Have you written any? Yeah, I was in the bird watch thing. It was like the beta. So I can write notes. And all that stuff. And you write them? No, but I should. I should start like fact checking people. Yeah. Like, just just yeah. mess with them. Mess with like, their ratio. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You'd be like, good at that. Like Higman, you're wrong. Yeah. Or just that person. <laughs> He's that not usually wrong. <laughs> no. <laughs> person that said I should get a room. I'm like, incorrect. Yeah. All right. And Reddit published a report into how the platform is influencing purchasing decisions. So it says over half of U.S. shoppers have concerns over the quality and legitimacy of product discovery channels they use most. Influencers and AI algorithms may appear to steer millions of purchase decisions daily, but trust in their authenticity is eroding. And it says that in 2023 alone, users added Reddit to Google searches more than 32 billion times, which shows how people are seeking out real experiences and insights as opposed to trusting paid influencer campaigns or bot-riddled product review sections. I do this all the time. I go to Reddit. I used to do YouTube too, but now you can't really tell what YouTube is. TikTok is testing a new live engagement element called Subspace, which is a su subscriber-only chat room and gives creators the ability to respond to chats on camera during a live stream or give subscribers a dedicated space to engage in real time where creators can have the ability to participate in the text chat too. So this could help drive more subscriptions for creators who already have a dedicated following on the app. In more Threads news, Threads is testing a trending topics section on the app to select US users that will showcase timely topics to you based on what people are engaging with on the app. So. This is essentially copying what X already does, trying to drive engagement. Surprise, surprise. Even these examples, though, they're garbage. Like Monday motivation, <laughs> AI productivity Monday tools. Monday motivation. Like this is Stay whatever. in Just... bed. Bull on tracks delays trains. Number yeah. two. Mercury is in retrograde. Oh, wow. That explains a lot. Mm -hmm. And X News, last up in social, X is partnering with WWE and they're launching WWE Speed, a new weekly video series showcasing timed matches featuring your favorite WWE superstars distributed exclusively on X. My favorite? Yeah, who's your favorite? I don't know any of them. <laughs> you don't have a favorite wrestler? Are the Bella Twins still around? And I don't know who they are. No, I don't like wrestling. I like Andre the Giant. I've heard oh, of him. he was cool. I watched yeah. his documentary. He was a wild man. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, anyway, this kind of goes hand in hand with X's uh, original content strategy as it tries to become a video first platform. And it also noted in the release that conversations about wrestling increased 11% year over year on their platform. Oh, great, great fact. <laughs> and that brings us to our real life segment. 
straight out of our accounts and into your ear holes. It's time for Working Hard or Hardly Working, where we talk about what's going on in our IRL work, good, bad, or otherwise. Hardly working for me this week. I just have such a sad story. It's kind of niche, but if you've been there, you know. Client site went down, got to pause ads, would have taken an hour to download the account. We have 500 active campaigns, give or take. So I wanted to label all the enabled campaigns. I sort by a label and I try to select all to label them and then I'm going to pause them all. And it only selected the first 100. I forgot to click again to select the things on further pages. Just for the label, not for the pausing. So there's no good way to undo my changes. Go to change history. Changes cannot be undone. How do they just pick and choose what can be undone and what can't? It's like if it's, they know like your stress level. Yeah. uh, Like there's like rage clicks and stuff like that. They're like, is this like a quick change or really really mess with them? It was terrible. We had to sort by impressions and hopefully we got them all back up. It was terrible. My fault too though. What about you, Greg? All right. For me, it's just change history as well, but working hard. Uh, Nicole and I were just taking a look at, at somebody who had an issue that was going on, and, and we were trying to figure out like the specific time frame. And we, you know, got the change history up. We should, could see the uh, spends, the conversion value, and everything. And it's really nice. You can get right in there. We saw uh, two different problem areas, and you know, we we're just trying to help out. And we said it's either. Uh, some of these changes were once things were paused in June or it might have been this bid strategy change. So um, it's just amazing having that. Uh, obviously, it's nice to undo something. <laughs> I think you could even undone some of those things back from like July in that account. We, didn't, we only have read only. But it's just a great tool. If you see performance issues, it's just we would have no way to debug that yeah. without the, the performance without mm-hmm. the change history. Yeah. So make sure you're using it if you're trying to troubleshoot a problem. What about you, Nicole? Right. Working hard for me is Google Slides templates. So we recently rolled out a standard Cypress North template to use for presentations, sales decks, um, performance reporting. And I've used this twice so far. It's been so helpful. Um, it gives me a place to start. It makes making decks so much less intimidating. And now for this week's Cool Tool. As a reminder, our Cool Tool segment is not an official endorsement or paid mention. We're simply sharing something we found in our travels that may be of use to our listeners. And is really, really cool. All right. This week's Cool Tool is brought to you by Warmbox. Do email spam filters have your email campaigns in a jam? Well, so Warmbox has 400 spam-triggering keywords that you should ban from your email content to avoid getting marked as spam. So we will leave this here in our show notes, in our newsletter, as well as on Discord, newsletter.andcommunity.marketingoclock.com, respectively. So pick your poison and check it out. And make sure, make sure we get that right URL. What is that URL? Warmbox.ai. .ai. Don't try any of the other stuff. Now it's time for our must-read marketing article of the week. An article so advanced, so in-depth, so detailed, that we simply cannot cover it in its entirety on today's show. This week's must-read marketing article of the week comes to you by way of search engine land from the one, the only Corey Henke, and it's called Google TV, what you need to know about CTV buying in Google ads. 
and he's talking about some of the new TV ad placements that Google unlocks when you are buying uh, uh, CTV. And he has a full rundown of Google TV, how it's the next stage of video advertising, and uh, Google TV versus YouTube TV. How do they differ? Looking at the availability, the pricing, uh, kind of analyzing the overall Google TV opportunity, um, how to optimize Google TV campaigns using um, uh, how you can segment, use variation and iterations, and then a full breakdown of the pros and cons of each. So um, if you are looking to capitalize on any type of Google TV inventory, uh, this is the guide from the man, Corey Henke, and go find it over on Search Engine Land or get everything in our newsletter at newsletter.marketingclock.com or community.marketingclock.com. Thank you, Corey. And now on to our playlist of curated songs to work to. You can head over to playlist.marketingclock.com to listen to Marketing a Playlist. Nicole, what will you be adding this week? This week, I will be adding Last Train to London by Electric Light Orchestra. I will be adding Don't Rain on My Parade. I saw Funny Girl last night, The Tour, Leah Michelle who? This Fanny Bryce, I would follow her anywhere. So amazing. What are you even, what words are, are she saying? You don't know. It's okay, Greg. What's your song? <laughs> um, What's Up Danger by Blackway from the Into the Spider-Verse movie. That's My your kids favorite love movie. It. My kids, have you seen it yet? It's a good soundtrack. No, you've recommended it to me though. Yeah. Tables, you, you took my recommendation. Did you like it? I loved it. I saw it in theaters. Did you see the second one? No. You'd like it more? Is it on Disney Plus? Uh, I don't know. All right. That does it for today's show. It is now officially not marketing clock. Thanks for listening. Miss you already. We can't wait to see you next week. Thanks for listening to Marketing O'Clock. If you're looking for more information on today's topic, head over to marketingoclock.com slash newsletter to receive every single article we covered. We share the news as it breaks in our Discord community. Head over to community.marketingoclock.com to join. Welcome to this week's Shoot in the Heck. We're after our famous Friday news show. We don't talk about marketing anymore. We just... Shoot the heck. And we are back at it with everyone's favorite game. It's a draft. Woohoo. This was inspired by a recent holiday. Yes, it was just uh, Valentine's Day here on Wednesday. Known for some pretty terrible candy. How was your Valentine's Day? Um, I think it was fine. <laughs> it's happening right now. A little peek behind the curtain. We are recording this on Valentine's Day. Um, so we're going to draft the worst holiday-themed candies across any holiday. Yes. Mm-hmm. Like the stuff that only comes out for a specific holiday. Yeah. So, Nicole, why don't you go first? All right. For me, I have Cadbury cream eggs. Terrible. Worst? They're way too sweet. Yes. What? I genuinely want to like them, but then like every time, it's just no. That this it's is disappointing. Like the, you, you, where you are trying to get rid of all of our listeners at this point. That the ratio of kid, chocolate to cream filling. I mean, is, now they're like this size, so there's like they're not that crazy anymore. But still, and it's all messy, and it, yeah, that's the fun. No, not wow. good. Wild take. Wild take by both of you two. <laughs> Tapes. What's your first pick? Uh, I'm going to go with candy corn. I think it's Great terrible. Pick. Mm-hmm. Candy corn, throw it in the trash. I agree. Seriously. I don't understand it. Nobody likes it. I think a lot of these candies are only available like for a limited run on purpose because nobody's asking yeah, for nobody, them. Mm-hmm. Nobody would. Except Cadbury eggs. No. <laughs> I'm going to come back. Actually, I'm going to go for gameplay here. 
conversation hearts, I think, are going to be on everyone's hearts. Yeah. If <laughs> and they're terrible. If they didn't have, like, words on there, nobody would ever eat those. And can you ever even read the words? No. Like, it's a terrible print job. They're disgusting. I want to, like, draw with them on a chalkboard. They do not taste good. Give me a Tums over a conversation heart any day. <laughs> Tums are actually good, though. Yeah, I The agree. chewable Tums? Delicious. It's like candy. Okay, I'll pick an obscure one, but I think this is literally the worst candy that comes out during a uh, a holiday, and it's only Halloween, and it is the waxy candy that you put in your mouth to make like that vampire mouth. Do you know what I'm saying? Like the wax yeah. mouth yeah. thing? Yeah, yeah. I don't even know if you're supposed to eat those. I don't think you are. I, I didn't think, think they were, were edible. It's like wax candy. Disgusting. I don't know what that is. It just tastes like wrong. Nobody you have yeah. to bite it, and it's in your mm-hmm. mouth, and it's dis- it's absolutely grotesque. And if my kid gets one trick or treating, like I feel like there's needles in it. <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> it's going in like, the I don't. I don't get wax Dracula teeth. Candy. Yeah, I'm gonna go with maybe a controversial one here, and don't at me on this because there are certain kinds of it. But I'm going with the traditional version of jelly beans. I'm talking about those like Brock's jelly beans where you have the licorice in there. Mm-hmm. They're not jelly belly is good. There's like starburst yeah. ones that are really good. But the traditional jelly beans, I see that. I'm like, I do not want any part of this bowl of, of they don't sugar. do it for me. But what holiday do they evoke for you? Easter. Easter. Oh. I feel like jelly beans have no season. Maybe jelly belly. Jelly belly yeah. You don't but- you don't go to a store and see like a bag of like jelly beans around unless it's like they because somebody took them and tried to make them better. Yeah, those are the only ones that are around year round. Okay, my next pick is like a classic, way too big chocolate bunny that everyone mm. gets in their Easter basket. And now I'm a mom perpetuating it, buying it for my toddler. She has no interest in eating it. I've got some siblings that used to like lick the crap out of them, uh. and they just slowly lose shape. Mm-hmm. In my basket, they just get like thrown away a week later. They're gross. Do you buy the hollow or the filled? Hollow, hollow. That what do you? What am I rich? At least you can like crack it. Yeah, I'm gonna go peeps. I agree. Peeps are disgusting. No way. It's all peeps sugar. are my favorite. No. I hate them. Peeps are disgusting. But they look so cute. Last no. year I topped a, an English trifle with some purple peeps. <laughs> it was so cute. No, peeps, you open up the package and you let it sit for like two weeks and then you eat them stale. That's the best way to eat them. My husband's family are like into peep culture. Like they buy like the stuffed animals. <laughs> we get stuffed animal peeps every year. No. I don't get it. And then I like how they try to make it like a year-round thing. It's like, no, like you need to stay in your lane. Peeps are for Easter and then get that out of here. Like I don't think they understand that people don't like peeps and like you can tolerate it once a year and then you realize, oh, these things stink, but you already bought it and then that's how they make their money. Yeah. Okay. okay. We'll do the last round here. So, Nicole, back your way. Okay. Um, My pick is ribbon candy. Is that Christmas? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's like that's hard like, to eat. That's like the way. Yeah, it looks pretty, but I eating it. No, so it's actually like really cool to watch how they make that, mm-hmm. and it's like it's fascinating. They get it in that thing and like just like mm-hmm. winds it around and stuff. But mm-hmm. no, it's like it's too much. Like you just make a mess. I am going to go with off-brand flavored candy canes that are not the traditional peppermint flavor. You that's know, a like good the pick. Starburst flavored. I mean, no, they're not even that good. They're like blue oh. and like yeah. gross. I don't even oh. know what flavor they would I don't be. really like any candy canes. And then they turn your lips blue. Gross. Yeah. 
Okay, this is kind of a hot take. I don't know if anyone really cares about them, but like the chocolate coins, they uh, my, taste just like got those. They taste like the wrapper, like the metallic wrapper. It's not like a Hershey Kiss wrapper. It like actually tastes like gold flakes <laughs> in the worst way possible. I'm not interested. Yeah. Okay. And then my last one, I'm gonna go with. There's kind of like a lot of different variations on it, but anything that's like peppermint bark. Where it's like chocolate, but then you have the peppermint sprinkled in on it. So it's like not really chocolate, but you feel weird eating it because it's like hard peppermint and it gets in your teeth and you're trying to get out of teeth and trying to eat the chocolate. There's too much going on. Just give me chocolate. We don't need that peppermint in there. Yeah. Did we? Do you have one more than everyone else? I have three. <laughs> okay, great. Yeah. Everybody, let's go around and share your list. Greg, you can start. Okay, so I have wax teeth that come out, like the Van Dracula teeth that come out on Halloween. I've got the traditional Easter jelly bean, not any of the good flavors like Starburst or Jelly Belly. And then I have the peppermint bark, which is the chocolate with the peppermint pieces all in it. And I have chocolate bunnies, conversation hearts, and chocolate coins. I have Cadbury cream eggs. Wrong. Ribbon candy. And then I don't know what I said for my third. <laughs> Did you get really skipped? passionate about it? I might have gotten. I think skipped. you got. You skipped. said ribbon candy, right? Yeah, yeah, but I think two. she was supposed oh. to do a uh, serpentine, and she didn't. Yeah, it was me. Okay, well, let's do one on the spot. What's your third? Um, oh. I'm gonna say gumdrops. Oh, good one. I had candy corn, Peeps, and off-brand candy canes. Okay, pretty disgusting lists all around. Let us know if we forgot about any seasonal candies, and we'll see you next week. Officially marketing o'clock, settle in, sit back, keep it locked.